for this evening comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Hear now the eternal living word of God. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that, we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is the word of the Lord. Every year during this Advent Christmas season, we get the opportunity to celebrate the coming of the Christ into the world. And there's so many reasons to be grateful for Jesus and his birth. So many reasons to praise God that he sent his only son into the world. That everyone who believes in him may have life and have it abundantly. But the truth is that the birth of Christ cannot be separated from his death. When we consider the birth of Christ, we should also consider the purpose of his coming. To die on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of his people. In our passage from Hebrews this evening, the author tells us that the meaning of the incarnation of Christ, the reason the eternal Son of God took on a human body and a rational mind and lived and suffered among us, was to be the perfect sacrifice for sins once and for all. The passage begins with a discussion of the temple sacrifices in the old covenant system of Israel under the law of Moses. It begins, for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshippers having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. 
The author begins by telling us that the law, specifically the ceremonial law, the sacrificial system given under the law of Moses, was a shadow of the good things to come. What is needed for sin is a perfect sacrifice, a sacrifice that fully accomplishes the payment of sin. And the animal sacrifices of the law of Moses that that Old Testament Israel had to perform annually every year on the Day of Atonement clearly wasn't the payment necessary because it had to be done every year. If the animal sacrifices were sufficient, if they did pay the penalty for the sins of God's people, they wouldn't have to be done every year. But they were commanded to be done year after year for well over a thousand years. This complicated temple sacrificial system shows how serious our position is before a holy God. It shows the problem of sin. It reveals the need for holiness. For 1,500 years, there was a repetition over and over again showing the need for atonement. The need for an atoning sacrifice in the place of God's people. Showing the seriousness of our state before God. And so this whole complex, elaborate temple system of sacrifices, being ceremonial, clean and unclean, feast days, and so on, was temporary. It was never meant to last forever. It was to reveal our sin to us, to reveal what it means to be sinful, and reveal our need for holiness and the atonement for our sins. And it was to point us to the ultimate fulfillment of this all. Jesus Christ. Jesus fulfills the whole sacrificial system. He is the perfect high priest who offers the perfect sacrifice of himself. Because of the work of Jesus on the cross, the ceremonial, the civil laws of the Old Testament are no longer needed. Those systems were put in place to point us towards Jesus. And now that he has arrived, God's people no longer need to operate in those systems. The perfect sacrifice has been made. The new covenant has been established. The object of faith has come. And the author states this starting in verse 5. He says, Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Here the author quotes from Psalm 40, a psalm of David, and he attributes the words to Christ himself. He is saying that Christ came into this world, taking on a human body, because the animal sacrifices were never meant to appease the wrath of God. Christ obediently followed the will of God in the incarnation in coming into this world as a human baby for the purpose of his sacrificial atoning death on the cross as an adult. The intention of Christmas is what happens on Good Friday, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the acceptance of the sacrifice by God is shown in the resurrection. The animal sacrifices were never meant to be the payment. The whole system of sacrifices was meant to point God's people towards the perfect sacrifice of Christ, 
the sacrifice that would be accepted by God as a full payment once and for all, for all the sins of his people. As the author of Hebrews concludes, and by that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. The great church father Athanasius summed up the reason for the incarnation well when he said, as the word who is immortal and the father's son, it was not possible for him to die. And this is the reason he assumed the body capable of dying. When he offered his own temple and bodily instrument as a substitute for the life of all, he fulfilled in death all that was required. And so as we celebrate the incarnation tonight, Christmas Eve, tomorrow, on Christmas Day, and and every year through this Advent season, let's not forget that this little baby that we praise, worship, and sing about was born for the sake of dying on the cross. God prepared a body for his son so that his son could live a perfectly obedient life as a human under the law and provide the perfect sacrifice for sin once and for all so that no other sacrifices would be necessary. And so in response to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you are to present yourself as a living sacrifice, living holy lives, pursuing obedience and daily repentance, not because God needs anything from you, but because this is how you show him your love. You love God through holy living and obedience, through worship, praise, and glorifying him with the whole of your life. And so as you worship and praise God for the coming of the Christ into the world, worship and praise him for the purpose of his coming, his sacrificial death on the cross. And then you can worship and praise him with the whole of your life by presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, pursuing him through loving obedience each and every day. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we we come before you to praise you, to worship you, and to love you. We praise you that you sent your son into this world as our only hope in life and in death because he came as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Without him, we were hopeless, but with him, we have an eternal hope, a hope that cannot be shaken, that will be ultimately fulfilled in his return when all things are made new. And so we hold on to this hope each day remembering all that you have done, all that you continue to do, and all that you will do in the future. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I now invite the officers forward who are...